Hey everybody, this is Andy. This episode is a continuation of the talk Rick and Teasy had, Notes from the Underground 2, which would be episode 49. Please listen to that if you haven't. The Burroughs of Berea is a conversational podcast. We study the Bible and we talk about it. Not all of us are of the same faith, and one of us doesn't actually have a faith. And that's wonderful. We all love one another, and we're going to continue to talk about these things. The things we believe in and the things we believe about what we read in the Bible. Not all of these are necessarily true. Some of it is opinion and speculation. Thank you for listening and speculating with us. There you go. That was good. Yes. (laughs) You are listening to the Burroughs of Berea. Nody no 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 nody no no notes nody no notes from the underground. Israel was not supposed to have a king. That was not what Israel was supposed to do. Israel was supposed to have God as their as their God, and they were supposed to have judges. But they wanted to be like the nations around them, and they were like, "Give us a king, give us a, give us a king." And God was like, "All right, it's not going to be good." Just FYI. <laughs> He said it. <laughs> no, I know. But okay, you want what you want. Go on ahead and have it. Right. Have you ever done that? I've done that with my daughter. She wants to put something in her mouth that I'm eating that I know she's not going to like. She's like, me, me, me. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Have some. Go get it. My Go sister, when we were kids, and I'll just take a second. You remember Nestle's Quick is great in milk. Mm-hmm. It is not so great in mayonnaise. But my sister just knew it was going to be delicious. <laughs> so my mom was like, fine. Go ahead. ahead. She did it. She went it up. <laughs> She yeah. threw up. Because human beings, <laughs> human beings have That's to learn by experience. Unfortunately, most of the time, I'm pretty good. I saw people who like took care of their skin and looked really good. And they were like, yeah, wear sunscreen. I was like, okay, I don't need to learn that the hard way. I'm happy to listen to your advice. Right. But for the most part, we have to learn by learn the hard way. That's why they call yeah. it the hard way. Yep. So God's like, mm, not a good idea. They're like, just give it to us. And he's like, fine. So how did God give them a king? He rose up a prophet. Hmm. And he rose up a prophet, Samuel, who was unique in his role because he was not only a prophet, he was a priest. Not all prophets were priests. Being a prophet and a priest is unusual in the history of Israel. Sure. Because only a prophet and a priest could then follow through with God's prophetic anointing of a king and actually perform the anointing. And that's what Samuel did. He anointed Saul. And then he turned around and anointed David. Mm -hmm. So there's something unique and special about the office of being both prophet and priest. We know who that's a type of. Hmm. Christ. Oh. He was prophet, priest, and king. Yeah, but that's a whole— Oh, I know. You're right. You're right. You're right. Totally. I was like, who? Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, Jesus. (laughs) That's mid-Christology. But I mean, but if you look at this, but if you look at the history, there is a a pattern that we see. Moses was prophet. Aaron was the priest. Yes. We have this pattern. King David was was the king, but Nathaniel was the prophet. Mm -hmm. Separation of powers. We see a separation of these powers, right? And so, when John says to Jesus, yo, you should baptize me, and Jesus like, nah, dog, this is how it should be. It's fine. It's because Jesus understood that there was a specific pattern of the prophet priest anointing the king. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus allowed John and needed John to baptize him to fulfill what was spoken, which was John's ability as a prophet priest. Now, the only reason we know he was a prophet priest is because his father was a priest. And more importantly, his mother, his was, mother- That's right, his mother. Was a descendant of Aaron. So she was part of the- um, is it, was it the Aaronide priesthood? Aaron, Aaron, yeah. Yeah, the, but, but there's like the Aaronic priesthood, but that's like a different thing. The Aaronide priesthood, which was like a big fight between yeah. North and Southern East, Northern and Southern Israel, mm-hmm. that only those descended of Aaron had the true rights to do X, Y, and Z in the temple. Right. So it's significant. But something happens. Zadok mm-hmm. uh, comes in. Like for some reason, Zadok becomes that yeah. replacement priest or something. At some point. And that, then that's the one that it's supposed to come through, that, that priest line, right? And I think it's that, not from the Aaronic, it's from Zadok. Yeah, but that's like after the thing, right, after, after. The, after the nation divides, yes. right? So it also speaks to this period of time when there's unity, which is what was Jesus's whole goal, mm-hmm. to unite all of humanity under this one umbrella of the of God. Right. And so like, I think that's what's really significant about this kind of like constant discussion. Like John was a prophet priest in the type of Samuel who had the anointing both to prophesy who was king and then follow through. I, Elijah must have been a priest because he put up all those sacrifices and lit the sacrifice. And then, at, you know, when there was no rain, he doused everything in water to prove who was God, God right. or Baal. So I wish I knew more about, because I think his anointing in terms of to speak as a prophet like Elijah is, as has been 
even read in the in the scripture that we've read today. It's right. more about like um, he was the one that spoke out against the the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and Elijah did the same thing. Elijah showed up right when Ahab marries Jezebel and begins reinstituting the worship of Baal in Israel. Right. Baal was the god of the water and fertility and and life and death. Yeah, Lord and of the so, earth. Lord, right. Yeah. So Elijah showing up and speaking against Jezebel, which was like a big part of his entire ministry and like his entire time in the Bible, well, part of that is this. Yeah, she really constant, didn't like Elijah much. No, she didn't like Elijah much. But <laughs> but but he was constantly challenging the power of her God in these very specific ways: power over death. Yep. And power over abundance. So John comes in the power and spirit of Elijah, and he anoints Jesus, who has what power over death and power over our abundance. That's right. And so there's like it's like this total mirror. Yeah. It's interesting from how the it Old works. Testament, you know, or from the Hebrew Bible to now. And that's and so I think that's what the significance of like his bloodline is significant, just like Jesus' bloodline is significant. But at the same time, there's this like there's this divorce mm-hmm. of bloodline being um a, coming through the pa- the patrilineage. Yes. Because Mary's actually the bloodline that Jesus is technically descended from. And it's it's Elizabeth where John gets his blood right to be part of the, the Aaronite priesthood. priesthood. Yeah. So it's also God's sort of like flipping the bird <laughs> to me, uh, to man's assumptions about the way that things go and like where the bloodline comes from. God is like saying, no, it doesn't come from man. It comes from me. Right. And so he, uh, he, in, he intentionally gives that power through their mothers, gives mm-hmm. their anointing through their mothers. It's funny because the Bible in general is very much not like that, but a lot of things surrounding Jesus are kind of that way a little bit. Like it leans that way mm-hmm. around around him. And and mm-hmm. I find that I find that interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I find it fascinating. There's this whole conversation between Elizabeth and Mary. And the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaps when she meets Jesus. Like their dads aren't even a part of this story. Yeah. You know, like they don't have anything to do with it. This is a highlighting of the power of God and the way God uniquely works through women to give birth to God's Messiah and yep. God's prophets. Like mm. it's it's an interesting, which again, her being barren, that's something we see left and right. That's exactly how Samuel got here. Can you imagine how much better we could understand the Bible if they had allowed women to speak and allowed women to write and allowed to... Can you imagine how much more we would 50% get today? 50% more of if the population having input? Or yes. if they hadn't destroyed their texts? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, did they? No, oh, they yeah. did, Mary yeah. Magdalene, the book of Mary Magdalene oh. was a thing. Oh, she wrote I a gospel. They found it, doesn't, it. it doesn't exist? I thought it existed. They found no, it. they found it, but okay. it's, 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 it's damaged. But it's, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's not a only part like of the zeitgeist either. It's been like damaged, so there's only parts of it left over. Oh, that's too bad. It's too bad, but I think that was intentional. But I mean, you know, so so when you're when you're reading the Bible from like a feminist perspective, like I do, I have to read between the lines yeah. in some ways because the voice of women is not scrubbed clean from these texts, but it's been dialed back. You know, sure. You got to really listen to hear it, and and for me, when I read that whole text and that whole story, I see, I see the power of God to redeem all people, and also to break the bondage of patriarchy that kept women from participating in that full citizenship. Yeah, I see, I see that, I see that, and it's of course it's not pervasive, but like I say, yeah. kind of like there's an aura, if you will, surrounding Jesus where that stuff seems to appear a little more. Yeah. But Samuel also was born of a mother, Hannah, who was barren and couldn't have kids and cried out to God. And then Hannah's womb was opened and she gave birth and she dedicated the child to the temple. He was trained uh, and then became the prophet who anointed the king. Yeah. He was with Eli and he heard the voice of God and Eli told him to go back and- His uh, kids were also awful. His kids were awful. His kids were also awful. Yeah. What is it with these guys? These super religious kids, preacher's kids, some, the preacher's <laughs> kids. There so, you go. This is really strange because honestly, like I'm, so I'm in the master's divinity program right now and I'm really thinking of switching my career. Um, and you don't want your kids to be bad. No, <laughs> no, because I, I think that, no, 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 but there's something to be said there because no, but because I think that when you are dedicated to God in that really intense and, and significant way, there's a certain level of, um, attentiveness to like your physical life that yeah. gets kind of like put by the wayside. I mean, doesn't Paul describe that? Well, that's why Paul says people shouldn't get married, yeah. you know, which is interesting. And I also, I'm going to only bring this up like 
for just a second, because you were saying something in the second Olivet Discourse about like all scripture being perfect. But Paul says right then and there, I'm giving you a command that's not from the Lord, but just from me. So Paul says, I'm going to put my own personality into this text for just a second. Yeah. So I occasionally read Paul and go, "Mm -mm." (laughs) mm-mm. Because he said it once? Yep. He was talking about, but he was talking about marriage (laughs) and he was talking about not burning with passion. He also says in Corinthians, just because I think I'm justified doesn't mean that I am. I won't know until the day I I die if I'm fully justified. We know that Paul was wrong. We know that Paul yelled and screamed at Barnabas because Mark had left him and Mark wanted to- I opposed Paul to his, Peter to his face in Galatians. (laughs) He sounds so sassy. I opposed him to his face. That's right. (laughs) But but Peter (laughs) later on in his book says, listen to Paul because, you know, he's pretty smart. Yeah. Well, yeah, but in any case, so back to, that was a total sidetrack. It's fun though. But I know, I know. It's just a whole, there's so much stuff that we can talk about. I listen to this podcast and I, and I, I chime in all the time from the car. It's like what people do with Jeopardy. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, what is a sock? But it's her with like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But like, um, but so for me, um, the reason I want to switch is because I consider my children my first ministry. Of course. Yes. But why is it only... (sighs) I, I wish that that was a more typical and common response because I see a lot of ministers and pastors and people that are involved in the ministry whose kids go this direction, you know, because they were um, unable to, because I think culture and society has created an expectation for people in leadership and ministry. Um, and I just, I am not going to choose that expectation over my children. I'm just not. No, and good. I think, yeah, I mean, you're number one. Like we talked about that in, uh, during, um, Mary McLeod's testimony. Mm. Uh, she and Sarita spoke back and forth, and you know she's raising her grandchildren, and mm. she says they're my ministry. Like, yeah, because well, she was she, she felt guilty about it. She well, she, she felt guilty about because she mentioned Sarita, like, and the fact she that had she had a big ministry. She used the a, word, yeah, a big ministry, and but she like that was the point of that. The point of that was that she felt bad about that. Yeah, and that's why Sarita was like wrong. She was trying to, yeah, she was yeah. trying to like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's exactly what you just yeah. described. That's yeah. what a lot of women feel like. But that's why I was talking about Paul. Paul was uh-huh. like, don't get married because. If you do, you're going to have the cares of this world. And if you're going to do it properly, you're not going to be able to focus on God like a minister should. That's what he's trying to tell them. So, so Paul's even saying, look, you're going to neglect one or the your other. Kids you have to your kids are your ministry. Yeah. You have to think about that. Mm-hmm. But if you get, but if you don't, yeah, then you don't have to worry yourself with those things. Yeah. So Paul, he could totally focus on the gospel. Yeah. Paul also thought that like, I, I I personally, you know, after like reading different things, I really think Paul thought that we didn't have more than like 30 or 40 years. I think he thought that he like- He was right. He, well, no, but I mean, I think that his understanding of what was about to go down was such that, yeah. He was right. Like he was speaking to, <laughs> yeah, because then the temple was destroyed. Well, I'm not exactly sure how, when the temple was destroyed within the context of Paul's ministry. 87, so he comes in in AD 38. Okay. And then- um, or Temple's I, destroyed in AD 70. So, so everything is like, forward looking to yeah. Paul. So, and it's all imminent and everybody is yeah. imminent. And so the yeah. destruction of the temple does matter. It yeah. absolutely does. But I think that, so I think that Paul's advice in that juncture is sort of like contained to that generation. But I think that if I were to take that advice and apply it to myself now, um, then it means I choose my children and not ministry as per I mean, Paul's it's re- t- request. I totally agree. Like <laughs> so when like we read- pick one or the other. I've picked one. Well, I picked one first. I'm picking the other now. I did yeah, it. Yeah. I did it cart before the horse. Yeah. Kids first, marriage second. <laughs> I I feel like straight to hell with me. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> if that was the case, my parents would be in hell. I'm just making jokes, but you know, but I mean, but I mean, like, but that's it. Like, so it's it's put me in a position to really. So I think I'm going to change my my masters to a masters of arts in social justice and equity, and just move into nonprofit sector instead of ministry for now. Because I mean, I just. Instead I was so excited about the idea of you being a chaplain, to be honest with you. I was too. And then I just, I, my, the magical time I have with my daughter in the morning before she goes to daycare and in the afternoon, I pick her up at three. Like, it's my favorite time. Like, yeah. it, there can't be a work that my soul is designed to do greater than that. It just, I just can't see it. Well, kudos to you for being a great mom. Well, I love it. That's great. Yeah. I yeah. waited a long time. Well, that's good. I didn't. Mm. I didn't. As mm-hmm. you can see, <laughs> <laughs> I've been this size for many, many years. 
Um, all right, let's get back to John. Oh, yeah. Wrap this up. But anyway, but back <laughs> yeah. to that. But see, but like, again, I think that that's partly why you see that God's plan manifested through these women, because the women were the ones that were capable of dedicating themselves to their children. Yeah. In a way that the men necess- not, not, couldn't necessarily do. I mean, I don't know. Right. No, it's true. I mean, Feminist after, trade. Uh, honestly, um, Joseph disappears after the temple scene where Jesus is there as yeah. a child. You don't hear about him in his adult life. Yeah. Scholars um, think he probably died. He either died or um, he didn't agree with what was going on and rolled out. You know, that was <laughs> that doesn't make sense that Jesus' dad would do that. I personally feel like he fulfilled his, his duty, which was to protect the Christ child and get him to Egypt mm-hmm. to keep Herod from killing him so he could get him back. Like, yeah. that's, that's what I feel like. And then to get him home from the temple, you know. Mm-hmm. But I anyway. I think he probably died. And I, I've also heard scholars argue that that's why Jesus' ministry started so late, because as the eldest firstborn son, he took on the role of provider for the family, likely, mm-hmm. after— after his dad died. Right. I mean, it wouldn't have been even remotely. First of all, he was older than Mary. Yeah. I mean, he was probably in his 30s when Mary was like 14. That's right. So first of all, he was older. and so, Which was acceptable. Right, totally. Yeah. But um, it's not that unusual to, I mean, like, it's not unusual to die early in the first century. <laughs> <laughs> it's not unusual to die first. You know, Who is like, that, Tom Jones? Before your, before your wife. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> Nice, you know? very good. So, you know, and like, and there's also, I've, I've heard people argue that Jesus might have been married at some point early in his life, but that maybe his wife died in child, you know, in childbirth or something like that, which was not uncommon. Right. You know, That's like, a Dan Brown thing too, like the Mary Magdalene thing and the the Holy Grail and all that stuff. You ever read that? Yeah, but the I mean, I'm talking Code. about, I'm not talking about that. I think that's, I mean, whatever to that, but I'm saying like, it's possible that he did, was betrothed and maybe, you know, it's possible that Jesus's ministry was, like you said, he rose into his ministry. Yeah. It's possible that his ministry was birthed and born out of a series of tragedies that left him with nothing else. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Tiziana yeah. would like to make clear that this idea didn't arise from a Dan Brown novel. <laughs> yeah, I would like to clear no copyright <laughs> infringements I don't, uh, up in here. I, it's my opinion that he didn't, but not because of any man-woman thing. It's because I believe that we're the bride and he is mm. the only husband that we'll ever have. Mm. And we're his only wife. That's kind of the way I've always thought of it. Mm-hmm. Not because of man, woman. Like I wouldn't have minded if Jesus was married. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, but I just feel like that's that. Or was he might have been. Like I said, he might have been betrothed. Like for example, Mary was betrothed to Joseph for a period of time. She got pregnant during the betrothal period. Yeah. Um. So it's possible that Jesus had a whole life that he was going to have, and a series of tragedies put him in this position to where he had nothing left to lose. Hmm. Yeah. But I don't know because he was I mean, fully God and fully man, and those are the. I mean, whatever. I don't have a. That's like that's not no a hill I'm going to die on or anything. That, yeah. It's just yeah. like a yeah. thing I've thought of. It's like me talking about the space time continuum, super light, you know, alien spaceman guy yeah. on the top of the mountain. I mean, that's just all speculation. We're just thinking out loud. I mean, I mean, he went through puberty. You got two men in the room. Know what that's like, don't you? I I sure, I sure do. That's true. I mean, he went through puberty. Like like we forget I that. I don't even think that's what she was referring to. Uh, it certainly wasn't. But no, I know. But I <laughs> poor Rick's over here trying to like keep it PG. I'm keeping it clean, y'all. I know. But but I, but 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 to me, these are the things that are important to talk about because again, that goes back to low astrology, high astrology. Yeah. The thing that draws me towards Jesus like a moth to flame, and that I cannot ever leave behind, no matter what is that he knows what it's like to be me. Yes. And he knows what it's like to be me because he lived in a body that went through everything my body's going through except for pregnancy. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus, for, for giving your sympathy, you, but you ain't got no empathy for this. Anyway, you for giving me all yeah, the excuses. He about- <laughs> knows nothing about <laughs> breastfeeding. But, but that's the thing. Like That to me is what I love. I love his humanity. I love that he wept. I love that he felt you know, I love that he suffered along with me. Well, it's it's one of those things. It comes back to what's her head that does the the counseling for the drugs. Sorry, names me bad. Don't work. Uh, but like, I can't imagine that industry. A lot of it is uh, is staffed by people that used to be in addicts. recovery. Yeah, in recovery because there is no way if you have not had a problem with addiction, you cannot appreciate what those people are going through because you're going to have some dumbass idea in your head like they're just weak-willed, which is so such a wildly privileged and incorrect 
thing that people that have not had those sorts of problems. And I'll never know, right? Like I don't get to, I'm not privy to what, what, like when Jesus was born and what it felt like to be, I mean, like we have this information, John leaping in the womb, like the spirit was with him from the beginning. Like I don't have privy to that. Like whether or not people have suggested that when he died on the cross and he took all of our sins, like that, like, like he like, everyone's life flashed before his eyes and he felt everybody, everything that everybody had ever done at that moment, you know, or whatever. That's all theory. It's all theory. We don't know. Yeah. But I enjoy the thought of Jesus going from birth to 30 and experiencing all the wretchedness of puberty and like learning how to, he was a carpenter. It means he had to be an apprentice somewhere. It means he had to screw up. It means he had to learn the hard way at some point. I like that. Because you could appreciate yeah. the, the position of humanity. It makes me happy. Yeah. It makes me feel connected to him sure. rather than him like being born and never making a mistake and being sinless. You know, I think that has more to do with um, like on a spiritual level, sinless. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean he didn't experience what we went through. You know, it doesn't mean he didn't learn. Right. You know? Well, let's wrap up this episode. We've got a hard stop in four minutes. And did we even get to any of the stuff that was in your did we really even cover this? We did. We did? Okay. Yeah, we did always try again. Oh man, I feel I feel like I just Oh no 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 no, no, no. no this was great. Okay. I mean we read a lot of scripture. We talked a lot about John the Baptist and all I'll, of the I'll throw it out. It's no problem. No. Okay. Don't, don't throw it out. <laughs> Keep it all in there. And listen. No, I'm what was it? Sarita said that her favorite part was to go back through all the episodes and hear oh, the stuff you put at the end. She didn't know that there was stuff after the end on a lot of it, them. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like the hidden track. He yeah. puts them there. They've been there from the very beginning. Yeah, and but you got to stick around. Most people don't know, but mm-hmm. they're there. So hang around to the end of this one, and you're going to hear a lot of fart noises. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I did no, burn not. quietly once, but nobody heard me. Oh, maybe if I really go <laughs> through the really audio, I can pull it out. Bird. Yeah, it was a really quiet one. Well, um... I have one other question in regard to John the Baptist I wanted to ask you. So, we all know how he died. Mm, right? Got his head cut off. That's correct. And we all know why. Yeah, because What's-Her-Face wanted him dead because he was always saying, hey, you're not supposed to be married to your sister. And so, her daughter, Salome, did like a sexy dance for Herod. And he was like, what do you want for your birthday, sweetheart? And she was like, I want John the Baptist's head on a platter. And Herod was like, well, she didn't want it. She was a... Puppet, her mom, uh, Herodias. Herodias, yeah. Herodias is the one told her to do it. You know, some poor kid was like 16. She didn't even know she was a pawn, right? But that's what she said. And Herod was like, oh, crap. Yeah. I don't want to do that. <laughs> we told this story to Andy once before, and he's like, man, he was willing to give up a third of the kingdom. She should have just taught dance lessons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm Ruined real curious. I've never seen like, the witness. fan dance. I don't know what she did. But yeah, so he had to go get, get her John's head on a plate and gave it to her mom. <laughs> poor John. Well, the, the thing I wanted to bring up was, why do you think that John decided to get out from the Jordan River and to start heading in to talk to King Herod about his infidelities? Why does that matter so much? You ever thought of that? No, I haven't. So except, I have a question for you. Yeah. You said it earlier. I don't know if you realized it. Well, I was going to say, except that that was that he was, um, it, it, Elijah also was constantly talking trash to Jezebel and that Elijah kind of went out of his way to make sure Jezebel knew that she wasn't doing what was right. And so it's possible that he was, had an unction in his spirit to, again, follow in the spirit and power of Elijah and Bam. go smack to Herodias. Thank you. That's what, Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. You just nailed it. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. And that's what a high priest, that's what a priest does for a king. Yeah, this, that's exactly right. See? That is what priests and prophets did. Because when Israel started having a monarchy, you start seeing this real rise in prophetic literature. You don't have any prophetic literature at all contained in the Hebrew Bible before the monarchy. Right. Now there's mentions of prophets, but the prophetic literature, everything that's written down and controlled, it's because they started keeping annals of the king once there was a kingship. <laughs> She said the word right. Uh, yes, she annals. Yeah, it's annals. You guys are I said children. In the of I know. <laughs> I listened to that episode. Yeah. <laughs> we children. had to get Google to tell us. <laughs> annals. Anyway, so they had to start keeping track of stuff. And so that's when you start seeing all these. And, you know, people had to learn to write, people had to be paid to have a job to sit around and record stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like you couldn't afford to do that. You had to go in the fields and work. And so we start seeing a rise in like this prophetic literature and in these schools of prophetic thought because they also were important to the king. And kings were prophets. Prophets were constantly telling kings what they were doing wrong. So John was probably just continuing to fulfill his destiny as a prophet, which was to call out to the king and queen, yo, and he y'all did. ain't doing right. 
And he did. And, and he, he got his head cut off for it. That's right. Elijah would have too if he hadn't just, you know, disappeared into thin air. That's exactly right. Jezebel was after him. She sure was. He was he was like, he just called the fire down from heaven when they saw this amazing thing and killed 450 prophets. Yeah. And he was still afraid of Jezebel. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. She was a bad <laughs> she was a bad bee. Although I appreciate I love how she died. Because whenever, because like she gives this, she's glad she gives her this terrible, like t- terrible, like prophecy that the dogs are going to eat her body, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, drink her blood. And so when the city's overthrown and, and Ahab is about to be usurped and, you know, they come up to, to her tower and she gets like, she gets dressed all in her finery and she puts on all of her makeup and she's like, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, she does. Like Games of Thrones, she bro. She does. Yeah. Like, there's something about that. Like, I mean, obviously Jezebel gets a bad rap, but two things. Number one, she wasn't Israel. She wasn't Jewish. She wasn't from Israel. No. Ahab shouldn't have married her in the first place. He was the one who was wrong. Not not her. Right. So she was just doing what her culture and religion taught her to do. Yep. So she, I mean, not 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 for nothing. She did crappy crap. Well, and let's think not, about it. She was the the reason why Ahab married her when they married. Political alliance. Thank you. So she was powerful. God. So she trusted her God and they were doing fine. So she was actually trying to help Ahab. Yeah. But she was wicked. And so when we know yeah. from this side, we understand yeah. the wickedness. Yeah. But or at least how the story was told. So, because tell, so tell them how she died. Tell them, tell them. She gets tossed out the window. <laughs> Just pitched out the window. Boop. Defenstrated. Some yeah. And then the dogs, then they say that they left her body there until she was like, the dogs came and like picked her up. Wow. <laughs> so she gets Super real gross. pretty and then somebody chucks her out a window. <laughs> yeah. But she faced, and to me, she faced her fate with, um, Oh with no, pride, I get you know? that part. Yeah, I'm but just yeah, in she... my head. I'm thinking about a woman <laughs> dogs fully like, made up. Is this Revlon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I it's just, Maybelline. I, I think she, uh, How about that one? A woman in a dress fully made up oh, yeah. and one guy with a hand on a leg and an arm just giving her the one, the yeah. two. Yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah. If you could just see Andy's and they're actually literally doing it. Yeah. Like her doing death the whole is described really the arms. But you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I Her name just becomes like an epithet for like evil throughout the rest sure, of course Jezebel, of history. Yeah. But, that, but that when the, God delivers, when God says... You are about to go into this land. I'm going to deliver these people into your hands. Your sons should not marry their daughters and their daughters should not marry your sons. But for some reason, it's always the foreign women that are causing the downfall instead of, no, 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 no. It was them Israelite men who knew better and did it anyway. Mm -hmm. These girls had nothing to do with it. You think they had any power at all? Their daddies were using them like pawns. Yeah. Yeah. But yet somehow. Watch what happens whenever Esther marries a Persian king. Saves all of her people. But that's fine. It's in reverse, though. And Ruth. Yeah. It's in, yeah, with Ruth. Boaz and the kinsman redeemer. And they never let her get over the fact that she's a Moabite. She's Ruth the Moabite the entire time. <laughs> you know? That's okay to know that because that's in Christ's lineage. It is exactly. But so see, Christ like, had Gentile blood so, inside his but lineage. But that's why everybody needs to like realize that. Like God and throughout the entire the history- was constant. like, I love. But she's God. called the harlot forever, forever for the rest of time. Do you know? But I mean, I'm a, so like calling I'm, Andy. I'm a little bit like of a process Andy the jerk, theologian. You know, for yeah. the jerk. I'm kind of a process theologian, like yeah. where I think that I think that God met people where they were, and then as people were able to like understand more and like grow more and stuff, then like God was able to be like, okay, because really, so God's like, don't marry the Moabites unless you're this one. That's fine. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you say? I'm kind of a process theologian. Again, the same way you said it, but played up a little more because it was amazing. I don't amazing. know how I did. I don't know how I did it. Listen, I'm just in oh, the moment. I know. That right? was so good. Okay. Because not- you did it like she did this thing where she'd like put her hand over her head and then she kind of like went valley girl. I know her. I know <laughs> oh, this was yeah. intentional. Like that <laughs> oh, was. I'm kind of a process theologian. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. See, that's, that's what, what I was hoping saying. for. I didn't even realize what, I did it. That's what you did. You just did it at like 30%. But yeah. it was a thing. I, I was just like, that was yeah. super funny. And it was too subtle yeah too fun i'm yeah. kind of a process theologian. <laughs> so but that anyway anyway um but so i so so it's interesting because you see god do this these things don't do this thing and then someone does it and god's like oh but that was fine don't eat the consecrated bread but then david and his men eat the consecrated bread you know yeah. i mean like so the whole point even from the beginning is i'm making all these rules and laws and you guys are gonna break them yeah and there's gonna be some consequences when you do break those laws and you will learn why I made those laws in the first place, but there's always going to be an exception to the rule because my entire goal is to make one big, great exception to the rule, which is that only Jews can love me. (laughs) 
I'm about to, my entire goal is to make one big, huge exception for the whole wide world to the rule. So I'm yeah. giving you examples throughout the history of the Bible of this is the rule and then examples of, but you can break it and it's fine. Yeah. Interesting. Never thought of it that way, but that's true. I mean, I see that. All right. Bye. I think that's it. That was wonderful. I love having you on the show because you talk more than show. me and this is what I need. I need it. And wow. I learned so much today. Thank you. I learned so much when I listened to the show. I've thought about the Olivet Discourse in that way. And we've talked about that before. Yeah. Because I've suspected, I'm like, mm, I don't know. It sounds more like he's talking about the destruction of the temple. But I've never had it being, I've never spent the time to like dig into it the way that you did. Uh -huh. And so there were several moments in the car where I was like, I know. But yeah, that's what I said. You know? Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't raised the flag all the way up, but I definitely, uh, I'm still looking into it. I mean, John the Baptist even says, you know, who warned you of the wrath to come? Mm -hmm. And the axe is laid at the tree mm -hmm. and he's the Elijah. That means that they were in the last they days. They were in the last days, right. So the last days of what? The last days of this, you know, the- this, that, that era. The, the yeah. Commonwealth of Israel of its time of what it was, mm -hmm. you know? But yeah. anyway. Well, I have one joke. I have to tell it. I have to tell it. So uh, you, you've heard my Larry the 15th Apostle jokes? You heard any of them? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> She's blocked them out. Yeah, so there's <laughs> these uh, Larry the 15th apostles at the pearly gates, and he's just going through the book, and there's you know, a big line of people, and he's just going through them, you know, and this first lady comes up to him, and he says, uh, tell, me, tell me what you did, you know, in life. I need to know whether I can let you in or not. And she goes, well, uh, I was a nurse, um, and I worked in the inner city, and I volunteered. And I did it for over 30 years, and I helped save countless lives. And he goes, oh, that's good. He's like, yeah, go on in. So she goes in. And so the next woman comes up, and he's like, so, so how about you? And she's like, funny enough, I was a nurse too, but I was a missionary. I went into the deepest, deepest darkest recesses of Africa, and I worked with these tribes that didn't have medications, and I, and I helped save countless lives. I did that for almost 20 years. And he's like, that's amazing. Yeah, go on in. So this third lady comes up and he goes, so uh, what did you do? And she goes, well, strangely enough, like I'm not a nurse, <laughs> but I did work in health insurance. And he was like, oh, he said, that's great to know. She's like, in, in fact, I, I worked on an HMO. We helped countless families. And he goes, oh, okay, we'll go on in. She's like, really? Sure? <laughs> and he goes, she was like, that, really? I, that was easy. He's like, yeah, that's okay. You can stay in there for three days. Oh, oh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like that one. Nice. Yeah. If you've ever been kicked out of a hospital because your insurance has run out, you know, yeah. that's, oh. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It sucked. Because like when I was a kid, parents could stay in the hospital for two, three, maybe even a week. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, whenever I started having kids, it was like 24 hours. Yeah, get out. Get that vagina sewn. Get out of get here. Get out. Bruh. <laughs> and my... I was like, I don't even have a vagina. No, I'm just kidding. Dude, <laughs> no, it's for real. Like my kid was premature. You know what I mean? She was like in the NICU for seven days. And, but. so my... You were out. I was out. <laughs> out of my ear, right? They were like, you're fine. Get out. You know, like. <laughs> like and it was COVID, so they didn't let us stay there together. So they usually have these like special rooms that if you are a family of a kid on the, on the NICU floor, like you can go stay in like these rooms, you know? But they were like, all that was shut down. So Dylan and I were doing this like enormously complicated. And at the same time, I'm also going through everything that my body's going through, but I'm separated from my baby. Oh, that's mm. awful. It was, an, it was, I don't want to say nightmare because I feel like that's like, based on what so many other mothers and parents and families that I saw in the NICU suffered, I'm not even going to getting, right. I'm not even going to dare claim that word, you know, but it was so hard. It was very challenging. Yeah. It was wow. so hard. Yeah. 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 I can only imagine. They were like, yeah. you. <laughs> Get, Get out, out of here. <laughs> so that you're lady got done. three you're days cool. in heaven. That's all she got. Yes. And then she was, and, it, <laughs> and then she was like, then what? And he was like, uh, sounds like hell, doesn't it? Oh. Uh, see? Anyway. TZ on it. Thank you so much oh, for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. It was so fun. Will you keep coming back? Oh, I would love to come back. Yeah. You just have to do it in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's let's just keep throwing ideas out, Andy. And I'm so glad because Andy, he's like, he invited you. And I was hoping Uncle AJ would be here so you could meet him because I wanted you to invite him to your church. Oh. <clears throat> AJ, if you hear this episode. <laughs> so anyway, well, thanks so much for being on the show, TZ on it. And we'll do it again. Andy, yeah. have a great time. Enjoy your day. And uh, we'll talk to you all next time on the Burrows of Berea. Woo. The Midwest, they don't call, or maybe it's just this one, my friend used to live in Michigan, 
they don't, and he was like, so, Tessa, I can talk about the water fountain over there. And the guy was like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm not going to drink from the water fountain because it looks really gross. And the guy was like, the bubbler? Yeah, the bubbler. I've yeah. heard that. And I was like, they, but, but like, yeah, it was like, it's so weird how we have different I had regional words. No idea. Bubbler, huh? I'm going to raise your mic, TZ. I thought, raise it up. Do you want me to do it? Oh, okay. That's better. Yeah. Um, yeah, or like, you know, what do you call a, a warm knitted hat you wear in the winter? A toboggan. Yeah, I, we grew up calling them beanies. Yeah, I mean, I grew up, so I was- Toque. I'm, I'm from Maine. You call them a toque? Toques, they're toques. Oh. Kristen calls them a toboggan. Like, I've heard- That's what I yeah, call it. Yeah, yeah. Call, you know yeah. what that is? It's, it's a, a sled. sled. Yeah, it's not a hat. Everybody knows that. It is a hat. Except for Kristen. No, it's not. Up north. Everybody knows that. You're not hearing me. When you go when you go sledding, you put on your toboggan in Maine. I'm yeah, it's Tuke. We're upstate New York, very near Canada. Where did that even come from? Probably French. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I love how you had like a real answer. French well, we're so near French Canadia. Yeah. I say that that all the time. I do it all the time. Yeah. So uh, like there's a lot of cultural stuff there from from that from that culture because it was like a logging town and they yeah. came down to yep. be employed. Mm-hmm. God, Special of, people, French Canadians. Speaking of Canada, and I know how you feel about them, but uh, um, Kids in the Hall has a new season. What? Yeah, that's amazing. Kids in the Hall I need has to a new see season. That. Brain like Candy is still one of the better but also more disturbing things I've ever seen in my life. Brain Candy? That's yeah, a movie they did. Oh, God. <laughs> Dylan had never seen Kids in the Hall, obviously, but- because he was a child, he's nine and a half. He yeah. wasn't even born. So <laughs> I, 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 I wasn't really. I mean, I was four. Kids in the Hall's first season no, was, was nineteen eighty five or something like I, that. Yeah, I, I watched it in repeat. But in I reruns. watched it in repeat. Yeah. But it yeah. was popular for a decade after that. By the time Dylan came along, it was like in living color was right. what was going on. Sure. Um, but we watched the first season of that. It's not, it is so racist. Like they're in blackface and everything. It, like, okay. So I know blackface is a no, no. And it's not like I'm raging to go out and get in some blackface, but is it racist? No, 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 it's not. But by okay. today's standard, by today's standard, yeah, they're was, not trying to be racist. But, right. Um, right. It's just, they, they have a white, yeah. see, that's one of those things where I don't feel like, like I get it because of its use. Right. Because, but Particular instances of it, yeah. not necessarily racist. Right, right, right. But I, I understand why, because historically, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look at Koopy and Ollie. You guys Hi, are buddy. So I know. There, and is. there, and there. now you're going to get some flaming emails, because I said blackface isn't de facto racist. So wait, wait <laughs> to see how that goes. We're not recording right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this will go at the back. Oh, yeah. don't do that. Why? Why? <laughs> because I didn't know. It's our people. Yeah, I wasn't say anything wrong. prepared. I'm okay. the only person that said anything. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know. And, 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 and uh, once again, I want to lay this down. I get it. Yeah, Historically, yeah. it has been used by assholes to be demeaning to an entire people. Yeah, yeah. watch Birth of a Nation. Oh, yeah, precisely. I mean, there's a there's a horrible use of blackface. I just want to double down on that one because. You'll need to. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, I, so, but anyway, watch. But is it racist if they're from Canada? <laughs> I mean, well, different you know, cultures have different views of it because they've had different things happen. They have a different historical right. relationship to the to, to slavery were there in yeah. Canada? and, and well, to the global slave trade. Well, you know. yeah, yeah, or or just even the use of blackface, right? Uh, yeah. if, if they didn't, if if it wasn't all like mammy and like right. derogatory, or at least not the majority of it, like it was here, <laughs> right? Right? Then they have a different relationship to the practice. It it in some yeah. places it's just costume. Right, 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 because right. it doesn't have the history that it has here. Right. So, so yeah. I know this is possible, and I, we weren't. We it, none of it was really. You know, it, nobody. Nothing was derogatory. You mm-hmm. know, towards black people. That's what or I was whatever. saying. I was like, yeah. I was like, I was like, they probably didn't mean it. No, there was probably not enough. Like a thing happening intentionally there. It's yeah. just that, yeah. You look yeah. at it and now it's like blackface, and you're like, oh no, buddy. It's like this <laughs> is cannot. the character I want to play, so right. I'm going to do this. You know, yeah. but I mean, um, yeah. yeah, it was it was like yeah. Me and Dylan were watching it. We were like, oh, you but. should just for fun because yeah. me and Dylan were like, oh, this would not fly. Mm-hmm. These nope. guys would be in so much trouble. They would be canceled. So we're really excited to watch the new season, but we wanted to catch up. Catch on up. It's an interesting thing though, because like if you watch The Office. 
there's a lot of like Kevin laughing at the fact that Oscar's gay. Like he right. laughs throughout the, it's, it's like a two seasons of laughter and you wouldn't think that would fly today, but it's still an incredibly popular show. Like it is yeah. huge. Yeah. You know, more people, I think it's one of the highest watched shows on Peacock, and it definitely so, was on Netflix. I, I was literally thinking about this the other day. The thing about The Office, like, people will see something and misrepresent it because they'll be triggered by the fact that there's, like, a particular thing. But uh, but the thing about The Office is the butt of the joke is never the gay person or, like, Stanley or Oscar. They're not the butt of those jokes. The butt of the joke is in the office is the person telling it. Yes. Yeah. The joke the is... Stupidity the joke the, yeah. is that only a f***ing rube would say this. Yes. So it's not... Yeah. So the joke is on the person telling it. And right. that's... That's, that's why what it gives it, okay. it a little bit... That's what gives it a clear. So the, yeah. The, uh, yeah, the intended target of the joke. Yeah. And some people wouldn't necessarily understand that, but those right. people would be pretty dumb. Right. I don't know how long that's going to last. I mean, the way the way comedy's being attacked, and you know, like the, here's here's the deal. I you know what? <sighs> some f- that's some <sighs> whatever. If you're <laughs> funny, if you're funny, and you're not being an asshole, you'll get away with it. But if you're being an asshole or you're not funny, yeah, you're in trouble. You're going to get the door slammed on your foot. But yeah. most of these people that are really getting in trouble that actually get canceled, they've done something genuinely dumb. It's yeah. not like it's it's not like funny people with like telling stories about, you know, like trans people or something. It's people that are mocking them yeah. or whatever in the jokes. I, look, I don't see it. I see or or when you're not funny. Like, oh yeah, you if you're just not funny. If you're not funny, or but I just I don't see it. Do you do you think that Dave Chappelle is funny? Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, Although I don't agree with everything. That last special and the special before. There's parts of it that that are a little cringy to me. But damn, he's good. But see, the thing is, like you just said, he he goes like, look, I don't have a problem with trans people. Yeah, go be trans. Like, go about it. I just have to say, coming from my coming from my perspective, you're in a quandary. You know, it's like this is a pretty funny place that you're in. You know, yeah. you're, you're. I will say for the record, I don't know why everybody doesn't get this. Dave Chappelle's in the very latest special, his entire bit about that trans person he knew. That's just a I know a black dude bit. Yeah, I'm not racist. I know a black dude. That's that whole bit. I get now it. it's not without merit, and there's not, and there's a point to that bit that I think he's attempting to make mm-hmm. because I think he's working with his own ability to. Uh, to digest like transness. I don't think he's like, I don't think he's like scared or whatever. I don't think he's a transphobe, but I, I do think he's working on his ability to accept a thing that was not probably acceptable to him as a child. I, I see that in him, yeah. but it's still the, I know a black dude story. When a black it, well, guy, yeah. it is and it isn't because the connection between him and that trans person was the comedy. That's what, that's what gave them the relationship yeah. where they spoke was about the comedy. You know, it's an well, art I mean, form. It's something that they agree well, that's on. Always, that's always the in, right? I mean, yeah. you need to find something about a group of people you don't like that you do like. That one person, and you find an aspect of that person that you like. And that's, you're into understanding writ large. Yeah. But it's that's always the story. The story is always, you know. Yeah, I, I just, I, I laugh. I, I read just laugh that at all special. of it. <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying. I read that special um, and of course, no one can see. I pointed to Andy. I yeah. hear you. Um, I I read that special as um, the dissection of a movement because Dave Chappelle's coming from you know a, a movement of equality amongst Black people, mm-hmm. whereas the trans community, of course, is coming at the conversation oh, yeah. from a place of equity for trans people. I kind of wasn't so, addressing that aspect, but that's yeah, a whole thing. Yeah. So what I read when I watched that special, I saw Jave Sapel talking about coalition building amongst in and amongst um, movements, which is, you know, is a, a, a whole other larger discussion. Um, for example, the women's rights movement uh, was fractured because white women could not make space for black women to have their share in their sure. space within that conversation. So there was an opportunity for missed coalition building in that moment between women who are white and women who are back to black to come together on their shared experience. And I think what Jave Chappelle's trying to get at, and again, like with his jokes and his pointing his fingers and this and that, you know, because he makes all these jokes about how that movement's going so much better than the black movement. I think he's trying to make jokes because he's trying to say, he's trying to point out the 
struggle between these two social movements and their struggle to create a healthy coalition building bridge. And he uses um, his relationship with this trans person as a way to say, this was me using comedy as a bridge, you know, coming as a, from as a black man, her coming from it as a trans woman. Comedy was our bridge and we were, we were able to build a relationship and build a coalition. But when she defended that in public, her own community drug her so much that she killed herself. And that has, that is on that community. So he's, I think he's trying to, he's trying to talk in specific terms about the broader issue of equity movements and coalition building in and amongst equity movements. And the, um, maybe the uh, uh, sorrow he feels or experiences when in his experience, not obviously you can't paint an entire movement in one brush, but his personal experience with, you know, the trans community for him has been um, a misfire in that there hasn't been that opportunity to coalition build for equality because he is also oppressed as a black man, that sure. kind of thing. That's what I read it as. I mean, that's that's the intended, that's the intended read. Yeah. That's the intended read. And I can't explain, you know, Backlash, you know, and it's one of those things. Here's the thing about that sort of backlash that person had. I don't even remember if they were trans man or woman. Person had, trans, uh, woman. trans woman had, is, you know, that wasn't 10,000 angry trans people. It was like four angry trans people and five angry white cis men or women. Mm. Well, not really five, but, you know. Like, the total, that was way deflated. But the total number of people that were harrowing that person, probably not that many. You know what I mean? Like, so the way to say the entire community bullied that person until they killed themselves is just, I don't like mm. that because it's categorically untrue. And and half, there would have been enough people to get you to kill yourself is enough. And it's not 4,000. You know what I mean? Especially if you're vulnerable, which... They probably were. Yeah, it just takes one. I wasn't a honestly. part, so I wasn't there for that part, you know? And so all I know was was um, what I saw in the special. It would be like an archival, you know, uh, undertaking to go back to Twitter and like reread oh, yeah, what was sure. happening to, at that time. I oh, mean, oh, no, I, my, my point is not, did she get bullied? Yeah. Or, you know, or was it overwhelming? Because I know that that's true. Absolutely, she was bullied and it was overwhelming. But it's, not her experience that I'm talking about. It's the way of speaking about it that's like mm. the entire community mm -hmm. turned yeah. on her. That is bullshit. Well, and that's, that's what I was not saying. What like, happens. you can't just paint a wide, right. wide, black, a wide brush on an entire community. But it'd be an interesting Google search. You to, know, yeah, trans no. folks in support of Dave Chappelle. Well, not that. I'm not worried about trans folks in support of Dave Chappelle. I'm worried about who and how many people were bullying. Uh, that person. But they were bullying that person for being in support of Dave Chappelle. But, so but, that's right, what I'm but curious that's not about, my, you know what I mean? But I'm not curious about that, about Dave Chappelle. Right. I'm curious about the actual makeup mm -hmm. of people that were bullying her. But but it's it's not even, that's not even the point. The point yeah. is that saying the community bullied her mm -hmm. until she killed mm -hmm. herself, mm -hmm. that's, you can't just lay that at the feet of the air quote community. That's, yeah. that's horse shit. Mm. And, and I don't even need to go look at Twitter to know that it wasn't literally the entire trans community. Well, I can tell yeah. you from personal experience, because <laughs> uh, I had, and I don't know if you even know this, but I had this one meme. Remember? The one meme sent to me was the turd. Yeah, yeah. Right? right? And we talked Everybody about it that listens like knows it podcasts. because this is like the fifth time. Exactly. <laughs> and so what I'm saying is one, one person did something that was, uh, you know, just off color, funny. And, but I remember, like, when I saw it, I thought it may, it, oh, what it colors your me, perception of everything. What bothered me was I thought, why won't you just listen? Like, just fine. You're mad because I paid for advertisement. Well, that, get mad at Facebook or Instagram for allowing advertisements to come across your feed. It's not my problem. I'm paying Instagram and Facebook. This guy, this woman says what she says. And so mm -hmm. I'm like, all right. And then she, at the end of her argument, I'm an atheist. So, and I'm like, if you'd have just, fine. I, I just didn't listen to our show because, you know, it's interesting. But There's anyway, no way to know. But my what? point was that it was one person and I talked about it over five episodes. Right. Well, that's what imagine, I'm saying Imagine too. the trans woman who, you know, how she, she felt. She might have a hundred people. Yeah. Like. But five could have done her that day. But yeah, but five could have done her that day. That's also true. That's I, it. it yeah, I mean, it just, it, like you so, said, it depends on the moment. Yeah. And anyway. So, 
Oh yeah. Are you doing research? No. Oh, we should we should probably the, turn this corner. Meme. TZ yeah. has a, a a hard out at twelve, which is still not oh, a problem. Yeah. But but we should I probably have to go turn get a marriage corner. license. Hey, because we get married on Monday. That's so cool. So are you uh, are you changing your name? Mm-mm. You're keeping your name. Yes. So you're still going to be called TZ Anna. This <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am. That's your one, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got a great one today. No, I don't. No, yeah, you said, got one, you but... said meme, and there's this like, there's this meme that one of my professors had posted once about the synoptic gospels, and literally no one I know in my life would get it but you, Rick. And okay. so I thought it would be funny <laughs> if I could find it. Yeah. But um, I, I, yeah, so I got, fell down a bit of a rabbit hole here because I'm like, who did I send? There was my sister thought it was funny because she's the only other person that like reads the Bible to the degree um, that I do. But it was just so funny. Funny, and I, I wonder if I could find it. I bet I could if I just scrolled. Mm, maybe I can't. Anyway, I'll you see can if find I can it find later. It. If you I'll find it later, it send it to me. Yeah, it was super funny. You ready to fire this thing off? Yeah. Oh yeah. Let me go. Just for sure. Unsleep the computer screen. Okay. So you're going to stay subverse? Yeah. I okay. mean, first of all, <sighs> I don't care. I just didn't want to say something on the show. Be like, so what's your last name going to be next time? Like, I'm yeah, not going to no. do that, right? My name's going to be Severus. So I, when I, Chris and I had the same discussion, she was like, you want me to be Kristen Bishop? She was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Kristen Bishop? Yeah. So It doesn't feel like myself, you know? Yeah. Tiziana Severus sounds one way. Tiziana Walker sounds weird. I mean, it's like if you have somebody whose name is like, you know, out of Jim Bay Smith. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, it just doesn't feel culturally right to take the subverse part away. Cause it's like, I have this like super Italian name and, and it's like French Italian exactly last name. Yeah. Kristen's it, thing. Exactly. That's yeah. the, basically also she just doesn't, she, I feel like she didn't say this, but she, you know, she said it, uh, she feels like it's like, it's like too bubbly a name or something. Does that uh, make sense? Yeah. So yeah, it does. I have, I have several, you know, I did a hair. I I went through a period of time where I felt like I had several female clients that had a unique cultural heritage and background that was lost to them in some ways when they married their white American husbands, and so they've been reclaiming their maiden names or their mother's maiden names as an effort to highlight and um, recapture their own cultural um, and her, uh, uniqueness and their own heritage. And I'm like, yeah, totally. Dylan doesn't care either. He's not like invested in that. My, uh, I was born out of wedlock up in. Mm-hmm. Michigan. So are all of my kids. My parents were sinners, <laughs> just like you, TZ. Yeah, just like me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously. Um, so in Michigan, they didn't allow you. They like uh, I was not allowed to take my father's name. I had to take my mother's name mm. in Michigan, which is a weird law mm-hmm. uh, because they weren't married. So I was mm. born Waycaster. So mm. my name was Rick, Ricky Waycaster. And then they changed my name right before I graduated. So, funny enough, when you come to North Carolina and you go to school, you can just say whatever name you want, and they put it down. You mm-hmm. didn't. I didn't have to prove any like birth certificate or anything. Oh, really? No, that's probably not true anymore. I well, I know, not anymore. But back then, so I went yeah. through school as Welch my whole all the way through high school. But then when I was going to graduate, they would not put Welch on my diploma because oh, it wasn't so you on had my to birth legally certificate. Change it so, so my you could parents, put it on your diploma. Yep. Yeah. So my parents legally changed my name so that I could get it on my diploma. Well, we gave Aurora um, my middle na- my last name is a middle name, uh-huh. and then Dylan's last name. So she has two middle names: Aurora Valentine Severse Walker. So uh-huh. her name is Aurora Walker in theory, but she has two middle names on her um, social security card. It's Aurora VS Walker. Yeah, I was curious if you're going to have your kids hyphenate. Yeah, and that's what we'll do with this one too. Likely, you know, hyphenating seems um, extra. It's the, yeah, it's and the I mean, and I, I, I just, you know, it's still part. It's still part of a tradition that you know the male line needs to be preserved. That's the one that's important. You know, like why because you would name your kid. Yeah, why you would give. You know, I as an unwed woman would give my child that I gave birth to somebody else's last name. You know, you know, like there's a certain. But on the can see on the other hand, there's no debate about whose baby it is, if it came out of my body. Right, but there might yeah. be a debate about. Parent, uh, uh, paternity, so then you get the, oh, yeah. but you know, so there, so there's, there's an argument for Never that. Like that's how that he that can have like some legal, uh, legal right to her, <laughs> you know. So yeah. you know, we went ahead and did that, you know. But um, I mean, of course, you just take one look at that baby, and you know exactly who her papa is. I tell you what, I, it's I did all the work, literally all the work. <laughs> His work lasted about five minutes, but I did all the rest of the work. <laughs> well, and, I'm going to tell you something. You got to teach your kids this. <laughs> Yeah, so, thank you. But then, and then she pops out looking exactly like her daddy. I was like, how dare you? 
<laughs> I uh, t- so t- today is my birthday. Oh, oh happy, happy birthday. birthday! Feel free to sing later. You. Oh, I absolutely. <laughs> I like how he, he just pointed I strongly 100%. at Tiziana. <laughs> I went hundred percent well. I got a lot of comments about your singing in that in your in oh, your uh, sure. testament yeah. a lot. That wasn't even that good. Listen, mm. uh, we also talked about you guys recording and bringing the kids and doing that song I someday. Know. I've been Don't worry about between it. the two of us, we are a tragic schedule. You have the next baby that looks like you. Everything's cool, yeah. and then we'll do it then. The the challenge with it all too is that uh, first of all, two things. Number one, I realized that my chorus. Like my back, it sounds exactly like this other song called My God Fights for Me that I didn't realize was stuck in the back of my brain. So now I'm like mad and I don't want to record it. Um. But um, because this happened at, at, uh, I was at uh, church. We have, we have youth night every other Thursday. So I was at church last Thursday and the kids were working on art projects. So I was like, oh, let's listen to some music. And I put some music on and the song came on and the kids started singing my roots. And I was like, wait a minute, what? And then I, I realized oh, that this song, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's, the song's called My God Fights for Me. It's a super sick song. The melody's not at all the same. Oh, okay, but, then who gives a crap? But they, they That's literally all that go, matters. Hey, so what? <laughs> If the tempo, if like, the tempo's exactly right like and it's song. almost in the right key, that's close enough for people to sing along. That's nothing. That's why mashups exist. When you okay, were singing well, that's it, true. yeah, that's nothing. It, when you were singing it, it felt like a Negro spiritual. That's what it felt like to what, me. Yeah, yeah. Which is probably why Pastor so, wanted to do it in the Black History Month presentation. Gonna, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, that's gonna come through. I, but I thought said, you meant like the timing and the melody. Oh, no, that no, 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 yeah, yeah, no, 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 yeah. no, no. Mine's different. But um, that being said, the other part of it is, is that you know, I talked to my pastor about it, and he was like, "I'd really love to make this a collaboration between the worship team and the kids." And that's mm-hmm. a whole, and then that turns into a whole other scheduling nightmare. That's you know that what, I've been struggling with. Um, that doesn't bother me, but it is. It is like a, a, a you know, yeah, long term. It might be one of those things where we thing. just have to like. Because we have to just get other musicians, just hire st- hire mm-hmm. studio guns to come in and do it, and then take the music to sure. my current That's music reasonable. pastor and yeah. say, "Here, can you teach the choir this song?" And mm-hmm. then we'll just have Andy come down. It'll take you guys two seconds to learn it, and we'll come down and we'll yeah. do it. Um, that That's might smart. be the way to do it. Because the only to thing is, can we get enough headphones or sound? How many? How big is the choir? Maybe we could do it. Oh, in the like choir has like four of- people. Oh. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Okay, sorry. Worship team. Worship team. Our church has moved from a choir model to a worship team model. Okay, well, Um, that's fine. I certainly have four sets of headphones. Yeah, which I don't know if you've ever had the the blessed opportunity to be a part of a series, a big part of a congregation where there's like a traditional choir. I've seen, I've been in both. Yeah, it's awesome. But um, a traditional black choir, like doing their thing and their matching robes. Never been a part of a black choir, but I, and I've never even actually witnessed it in real life. I hesitated to throw the black in there because I always, I always feel bad to scrap, but there's a big difference. There's a difference. And when we've had, when we've had like awesome, like we have, you know, because I've been in my church for four years. So I've seen a lot and done a lot and traveled and been a part of a lot of stuff. And um, yeah, and like a traditional black choir dressed up in their robes with like the choir director and like doing their thing is like really powerful and really moving. But you need bodies. And we've moved over. And a lot of churches are moving over to a worship team model because it's just easier for scheduling. Sure, absolutely. Everyone's lives have gotten so complicated and so busy. You know, it's a lot easier to schedule six people on a Wednesday afternoon than it is to schedule 35 yeah, you know? so, yeah, that's a. I can't yeah. even imagine. Yeah, so I think just for simplicity's sake, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna rein this back in. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna oh, just yeah. take it back real quick. Uh, the only reason I wanted, <laughs> I'm not pretentious. I didn't mention my birthday just for that reason to get it back. Oh but, yeah, I forgot. Oh. That's where we started. The reason I said it was because <laughs> this morning I sent my mom. Well, first of all, I had a a package delivered to my mom, uh-huh. and she received it yesterday, and she called me and she was like, you know, wow, what's this? And I was like. Uh, happy anniversary of you doing all the hard work to give me birth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I told her today, yeah. happy anniversary for working so hard. She was in labor for 36 hours. Get out. Yeah, it was brutal. But, and Can't I was born on my grandfather's birthday. And so, uh, but th- she had to get through past midnight to no. make it. And so the family was like, hold, you know, kind of yeah. like Braveheart. Hold. <laughs> she's on, she's on hour 20 and they're like, no. Nope. <laughs> No, <laughs> 12 more. Hang in there, pal. <laughs> no, she actually held back 24 minutes to make sure that I was born on my grandfather's really? birthday. You're lucky you weren't wow. born with like significant health challenges. That's how, <laughs> literally, that is how John JFK's sister was born mentally By holding impaired. back? Yes. When a child is ready to be born and the parent and the mother and the child is not allowed to come out, yeah. it causes brain damage. Like the kid needs to be born. But then they were like, they told the doctors, wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they told the doctors, wait, wait. The woman was like, no, I need to push her out. I need to get, she needs to get out. She needs to get out. I can feel it. She's right there. And they were like, no, no, the doctor's not here. So don't push, you know? And then the daughter was born and had all these brain problems and stuff. Cause she, you know, like there's oxygen in situations now because 
I don't know the science. I'm not a doctor, but like a baby won't take its first breath until it's like all the way like out. So that's why like when you have a distertial uh, shoulder dystocia, when a shoulder is stuck under a pelvis, it becomes real critical. Um, and so there, there was there was this thing where the baby was coming out, but like nobody wouldn't let her just get the baby out. And so the baby had brain damage. And huh. that's one of the reasons why JFK was so invested in uh, the Americans with Disabilities Act because he watched his sister sure. get shuttled off into a home. Yeah. And missed her and loved her like many children with siblings with disabilities. Children with siblings with disabilities don't often experience their sibling the way that adult society does. They just experience their sibling. And so he grew up having a lot of compassion for people with disabilities and wanted to create some reforms within that system so that, you know, they weren't just taking all the kids with Down syndrome and shoving them in a home. Right. You know, so, but that's how that happened because she wasn't allowed to give birth. That's crazy. So well, not to take your beautiful, hilarious story and like be like, no, it's actually, fine. Rick, but- It just explains a lot. <laughs> I'm glad that your mom was able to hold back for 20 more minutes and you were okay. Uh, just to think that I could have been a genius and instead, this is what you get. You I'm going to tell you something right now. Now, now you make if, knives. When it was time, <laughs> when that time came with Aurora, I don't even care if the Queen of England had been like, I need you to wait. I'd be like, I need you to get out of my room. <laughs> You know, honestly, I wouldn't have cared if the Queen of England was there either. This kid is coming (laughs) right now. You know, like it it was, of course, she came out in four pushes. I was like, boom. Holy mackerel. Especially for a fresh kid, right? And I did it like a, like a, like a champ. Like Native American ancestors would have loved my Native American ancestors. I like squatted down and I was like, (laughs) and like gave birth to her standing up, squatted down. I was like, (laughs) Dylan said it was Dylan's literally later. He was like, that was the most metal thing I've ever seen. That's how Dylan uh, described birth. That's funny. <laughs> that's awesome. All yeah. right, let's get this okay, thing yeah. started. 